Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of EPIC, the Environmental Protection Information Center. And joining me from EPIC is Amber Jamison. Hey, Amber, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having us on, putting this together. We're also joined by Mike Orcutt. Mike is the Fisheries Department Director for the Hoopa Valley Tribe. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. We are going to be talking about the Trinity River today, and there's no better person to talk about the Trinity than Chairman Joe Davis of the Hoopa Valley Tribe. Welcome, Chairman. Thanks for having me here today. All right. So, Chairman Davis, we get to talk about an exciting victory that the Hoopa Valley Tribe has had over the Westlands Water District concerning a contract that that the Westlands Water District has. Well, we'll, we'll get into that in a sec, but... Let, let's start off by by kind of centering the conversation on the Trinity River and its importance to the Hoopa Valley Tribe. Can you, can you talk to me about the importance of the Trinity River and why the tribe is investing so much energy into its protection? Well, quite honestly, you know, you really can't put it into words, the value of, of what the Trinity River and, and its fishery is to the Hoopa people. Obviously, you know, we've lived on this river and, and survived off of its resources that it provides for for thousands upon thousands of years, you know, and, and not only is it a way to, to feed our families, but it's also a big part of our identity and, and the way that we live our lives and almost our whole lives were, were surrounded around that river and still today we, we continue to harvest salmon and provide healthy food for our, for our children, for our elders. For me, some of my greatest memories of my life are times being out, being able to harvest salmon with, with my dad and my grandfather and, and my cousins and, and family. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to put it into words as far as what it means to our, our tribe and our people. Certainly, we're trying to preserve our, our identity and our way of life and, and not just having that opportunity to feed our families a, a very healthy, nutritional food, something that allows us to be self-sustaining and, and not reliant on, on outside food sources, but also you know maintaining our, our cultural identity, our way of life. It's huge to the Hoopa people, and so... This is a fight that we've been fighting for a very long time. I mean, it's something that we'll probably have to continue to fight for, for a long time. But certainly, we're willing to do everything we can to preserve our, our fishery, our way of life, and our identity as Hoopa people. So why is the Trinity River under threat? What, what are the problems with the Trinity River that are, are preventing it from having that thriving fishery that once existed before European colonization? Well... One of the biggest things I see is is greed. The the dams were established back in the 1950s, and and since that time, folks have made millions upon millions, probably billions of dollars off off the water, off the the resources that are provided. We all understand that food has to be has to be produced. California produces a lot of agricultural goods. But when it comes to cash crops like pomegranates and, and, and even almonds and, and pistachios and different things of that nature, these folks have made their millions over the years, if not billions. And, and, and the water contractors have profited so much by, by selling this water 
And yet they always want more. They're always trying to circumvent the laws that protect the, the fishery and the, and the rights of, of Native people. The 1955 Act, the, the, the Trinity River Division of the Central Valley Project, which created the dams, as well as the 1992 Central Valley Project Improvement Act, the 2000 Trinity River Record of Decision, the 2017 Trinity River Record of Decision, those are all laws that, that protect the fishery, they protect the natural resources and, and the rights of, of native tribes. In particular, the Hoopaw Valley tribe is named in those laws. However, we've seen that the government, in this case the Bureau of Reclamation, has really done everything they can to partner with big corporations like Westlands to, to try to circumvent the laws and, and allow them to to gain more water, to, to take more away from us. And, and so we're really here just to try, to try to enforce the laws and make sure that the legislation that's in place meant to protect our fishery and ultimately our people are, are respected and adhered to. And so there, there's a lot of greed involved. I think people are, are wanting to take more than what they need and they've already made millions and, and billions in some cases. And, and we're just here to try to preserve what we have left. This whole project has been a total, it's been nothing but a loss for us and, and nothing but a gain for the folks down south. And it gets to a certain point where, where you have to say enough is enough. I mean, we're just trying to provide enough for a healthy meal. And, and we're, not, we're not here to try to make millions upon billions of dollars. We're just trying to preserve what little we have left of our of our culture, of our identity, of, of our fishery, and our way of life. So I, I asked you to come on the show because we we get to celebrate a victory for once, which is which is fantastic. And every time that the environment and our rivers wins in court, I, I think that we should take a moment to to celebrate because because unfortunately it happens all too rarely. But this is a, a victory in the Fresno County Court. And it has to do with the contract that Westlands has with the Bureau of Reclamation. Can you walk us through what this lawsuit was about and, and what the Hoopa Valley Tribe has won here? So it's kind of two separate issues that Westlands has been trying to get those contracts, permanent contracts, validated to say that they'll always have these, these rights to, to certain amounts of water each year. What we've been pushing for all along is to say that, hey, in order to have these contracts, you have to first ensure that the laws that are in place are are adhered to. And and again, that gets back to the laws I had previously mentioned, the 1955 Act, which established the Trinity River Division of the Central Valley Project, as well as the 1992 Central Valley Project Improvement Act, in addition to the Trinity River Record of Decisions in 2000 and 2017, those have specific obligations that, that are meant to, to protect the fishery and, and protect our, our tribal rights. And for them to come in and, and try to validate these, these permanent contracts with Westlands and other water contractors without any acknowledgement of those laws and those rights is, is totally wrong. And there's a lot particularly in the Central Valley Project Improvement Act of 1992, which requires Westlands to pay, pay, for, to pay for restoration of, of the river and, and to pay for all the infrastructure that 
created this project and basically pay their fair share for the water. And they haven't paid their fair share. Under the Trump administration, they developed these basically fraudulent formulas that absolve them of somewhere around $400 million in, in restoration costs. And so the court ruling basically validated what we've been saying all along is that, hey, you guys, this this contract that you're trying to validate permanently is not in compliance with the law. And it doesn't account for the, the funds that you're supposed to contribute towards fishery restoration. And it ignores the rights of Native people in, in so much as we fight to protect our, our fishery and, and, and our river, our the health of, of the ecosystem. And so it was a really positive ruling for us that the court basically showed that these contracts are not legal and, and Westlands is going to have to abide by the law if, if they're going to have any kind of contract that guarantees any amounts of water for them. All right, Amber, go for it. Yeah, so I read in the press release that Westlands didn't even have all the required signatures on the contract that they had submitted for this. Could you explain what happened there and if there, if any repercussions have come out of that? I know that you guys filed the lawsuit and there's a legal victory, but are they required to make it right or are they punished in some way? So one obvious question that might arise here is what's the interest of the tribe? We filed our lawsuit in August of 2020 and it was largely because the restoration program has been on a downward trend in major infrastructure improvements like the mitigation Trinity River hatchery, which is to make up for the lost production above the dams, severely dilapidated, severely out of context with some of the laws that required modernization. But that was major reasons why we got involved. And we filed it in part because reclamation repeatedly and the trend has been downward in terms of funding. And so what we came across in our litigation was the WINAC in the repayment contracts that we're talking about with this one particular the, the significance of that is Westlands has been one of the major people in opposition. They have a large, over a million acre feet contract, largely supplied by Trinity River Division water. And so what we found, we, we filed it in 2020, August 2020. But during the course of time in our analysis, I think of supporting what the chairman has said, we found that the repayment Anyway, the, the two things that were happening were, and it's in the, the court review overview of the court state court ruling, was they initially were trying to get a permanent contract. That has never been done since it's, their contract is 63 or something. It's always been interim contracts, because, largely because of the environmental and other implications. So they shifted during the Trump administration to these so-called repayment contracts under the WIN Act which said, pay off all your debt, fits into what the chairman said. They said all the infrastructure and the capital cost, some terminology things here, but their reclamation terminology things. So the infrastructure for the trainer division, all of those Central Valley things, how they get their water, we paid that off. They announced that. 
The next part of it was the environmental side of it, where there's a conflict, in our opinions, legally with the CVPIA. That was requiring them to pay for the environmental impacts and mitigation of some of their, you know, the water withdrawals that they've been having for decades. And so when they were then adding up the cost, what the chairman said was in 2017, they owed $400 million in support of their decision under this repayment contract, they said, well, and keep in mind that all of this stuff is paid by taxpayers dollars. A term that is that emerges here is what's called reimbursable. It means the government can get to recoup that cost. In 2017, they owed $400 million in support of this repayment obligation. They in 2019 showed zero, they zeroed that out. And so in the state court ruling, they just said finance. And again, keep in mind that the federal government wasn't party to the litigation. They're party to the contract. Hoopa Valley Tribe is not a party to the litigation in the state court either, but we're affected by their decisions and we're pursuing our relief in a federal court proceeding. But so they were seeking to validate it and the court just simply said, well, you don't know. You didn't know in 2019. You still don't know. There was other things like the Brown Act violations. Perhaps one of the things you're talking about was premature. They were trying to get it really fast tracked through the system. And the court said that before. They said it's the same argument that you've offered before. Court did a pre-ruling on the case and they went to court anyway. The court ruled like it said it was going to rule and did not validate the contract. So what does that mean? It means that they need to go back to the drawing board and figure out those costs. And they're substantial. Some people say, well, $400 million. Well, what's that? Well, the restoration program is about $16 million annual need there. The hatchery is about a 5 to $8 million capital cost there for the hatchery amount of mitigation. But those are things that the money is not going to, we know that the trend here, we just simply don't want to be part of the appropriations process, the deficit or anything that might emerge there. We just think clearly the law said you need to, to mitigate for this. It's a part of your obligation for receiving your water supply. And so why can't it be written into it? And so that's the task before us now is to modify their contract to one, assess what they owed in the past. So that $400 million doesn't mysteriously be on their their owing bill that what they owe or get wiped away by the stroke of a pen. It needs to be real. It needs to be understandable. And then that's the path forward. When you know what that, when they know what they're obligated to pay, that's going to be the relief that we're going to in the future be looking for is we need a solid, stable, secured. We've acquiesced to letting half of our water be diverted out of our basin Roughly, that's about what we, we've done here with this Trinity River diversion of water into the Central Valley. The Eco News Report, and we're talking with Chairman Joe Davis and Mike Orcutt of the Hoopa Valley Tribe about their recent victory against the Westlands Water District. I, I, I was trying to answer your question there, but so you just add to the list of what, what you said is what it seemed like it was incomplete at best. It seemed like it was expedited at the close of an administration. Some other things that they done that were concerning to us were the actual law we're talking about, the CVPIA, they had memos that were written on, I think it's January 19th, virtually two days before the inauguration that said, 
The CVPIA and environmental restoration, including the Trinity, is done. We release the water. That's all that's necessary. And as folks that know in the Trinity, the construction is 3 to $5 million alone. So there's a major cost that needs to be borne there. And we can't simply be at the behest of the federal budgeting deficit of what we're going to get. We think clearly these folks are obligated to pay that environmental cost, mitigation cost. So it sounds that there is a political story here where you have the irrigators in the Westland Water District appear to have been pretty tight with the Trump administration and the Trump administration was trying to do favors on behalf of the irrigators. We obviously have a new administration now in Washington, and we have our first Native Interior Secretary and Secretary Holland. Chairman Davis, I understand that you met with the Secretary when she was on the North Coast a couple months back, and you talked to her about the Trinity River and the issues that the Hoopa Valley Tribe has had with the Bureau of Reclamation, which is under her control. Can you tell us about that conversation and what you hope to achieve under this Biden administration. Yeah. So it was really nice to have the opportunity to meet with secretary Holland to give Congressman Jared Huffman credit. He, he set up a, a round table for, for all tribal leaders locally. And so it wasn't just a meeting between myself and the secretary, but leadership from our neighboring tribes were there. Several tribes were represented including Yurok, Karuk, I believe Tolawa, Blue Lake Rancheria, Bear River, several others locally. And it, it was a good meeting. You know, I, I had the opportunity to speak about some of our issues. It's important to remember that the previous Secretary of Interior, who also oversees the Bureau of Reclamation, who's managing the, the water supply, is the former Secretary, David Bernhardt, was previously a lobbyist for Westland's Water District. And, and as soon as his, his appointment ended under Trump, he went back to working for Westland's Water District. And, and in addition to that, the, the current regional director for, for the Bureau of Reclamation, Ernest Conant, he was also a, a water policy attorney for, for contractors like Westland's in the Central Valley. And so, you know, you had this real conflict there. And and so when, when Secretary Holland came in, it was important that she be made aware of, of the misdeeds under the, the Trump administration with regards to Westlands being absolved of $400 million that, that was supposed to be paid for to to support restoration of the fishery. And, and the laws that are in place that protect the Hoopaw Valley tribe and, and other tribal fishery interests in, in the laws that I had mentioned previously, including the Central Valley Project Improvement Act of 1992. So just kind of the opportunity to give her that background and share our concerns with her as far as trying to ensure that the Bureau of Reclamation and the federal government uphold their, their trust responsibility to tribes and, and also that the, the laws be followed and, and respected. And the feedback that I got back from her was, was very positive. She had made statements in the past. I had, I had seen in the media that, you know, one of her top priorities is to ensure that the trust responsibility of the federal government to, to Indian tribes is, is upheld and, and respected. And she said that she, she was 
willing to stick by that commitment. And, and from that time on, it, it seems that the, the, the policy and the direction of, of reclamation has changed, maybe not to the level that we would hope, but at least they've been willing to admit that uh, an amendment to, to Westland's contract is needed. And we're, we're continuing to make progress. We're hoping to have future, future meetings with, with Secretary Holland. We've been working on that. But definitely, we hope that under Biden's administration that tribes, the rights of tribes are respected and, and these laws that protect the Trinity River fishery are, are upheld, they're, they're adhered to, they're respected. And if we can get a, a, a positive solicitor's opinion from, from reclamation and, and create a positive settlement outcome to our, to our law, lawsuit here, we think the benefits of that will, will benefit our tribe for generations to come. That's one of the big things is there's just so much on the line here in, in what we do today, and, and it'll affect what our kids and our grandkids have to deal with going forward. We want them to be able to continue to harvest and enjoy the fishery that, that, that we've enjoyed and that our ancestors have enjo- enjoyed since time immemorial and so each day we have to keep that in mind and and we're just we're just pushing as much as we can on that on that front so our show has a lot of folks here on the coast that want to help the Klamath system want to help the trinity how could other folks who aren't members of the hoopa valley tribe how can we help you advocate for the trinity river well, one thing I think is important is for people to educate themselves and, and understand the laws that protect the Trinity River and its fishery. And you know, I've mentioned it two or three times now, and I'll, I'll say it again. The 1955 Act of the Trinity River Division of the Central Valley Project, the 1992 Central Valley Project Improvement Act, and, and help me out here, Mike, I think it's B-23. Yeah, that's a specific 3406-B-23. In particular, Section 3406-B23 that establishes the, the rights of, of the Hoopa Valley Tribe and, and our fishery, in addition to the 2000 Trinity River Record of Decision, in which then-Secretary of Interior Bruce Babbitt had came to Hoopa and took a canoe ride down the Trinity River, where he ceremoniously signed off, along with our then-Tribal Chairman, Dwayne, Dwayne Sherman, signed off on the 2000 record of decision, which increased the, the flows of the river that we get now. And then in 2017, I believe there was another record of decision. But to, for people first to, to, to educate themselves and, and be aware of the laws that protect the Trinity, and then from there, advocate as much as you can. Write letters. Don't be afraid to talk to the media Reach out to our congressman, Jared Huffman. He's in a position to to push on on Secretary Holland and, and the Interior Department and, and the powers that be to encourage them to do the right thing. Adhere to these laws. That's that's all we're asking is is for the government to to abide by their own laws. And and so for people to understand those laws, to know what they mean and, and to really advocate that that the the laws be adhered to whether that's with your your local congressman or even state representatives who can who can hopefully use some of their influence to to impact the decision making that happens and 
I think the more awareness that's out there with regards to these issues, the better. Could I make two? There's actually maybe two areas where um, your constituents could be helped. Their support and advocacy could be important, and that is the Act, the WIN Act was 2016 that created the opportunity for these repayment contracts. And I recall vividly watching the um, Senator Feinstein said it's consistent with applicable federal law. It's a kind of a blanket statement. And so it's supposed to be holding harmless any effect on environmental laws. But I also remember that boxer came out. She was on her way out to retire and she came out and really, really in opposition to the WIN Act as well as the senators from Oregon and Washington. But anyway, the WIN Act expires in another December 31st of this year. One thing that could be advocated is either there, there's an attempt to reauthorize that, but clearly there's not just our litigation, but a number of litigation points here along the way, whether there is a vi- apparent violation reflected by the litigation. And so a pause on the reauthorization and or a amendment to it to reflect the areas where there are conflicts. And then the other area where it's not a law yet, but the infrastructure bill that has, I think it's been passed by the houses and needs to be signed. Those are opportunities in the, I guess, future in terms of climate change. We have that happening in our basin here big time. And so there are some technological infrastructure things that could be done. And the Bureau of Reclamation has the information, but if it got into that bill and advocated strongly for, that would be something that's going to be really beneficial in the future in terms of the ability to to control the water temperature as it the, the plumbing is really, really old. It was built in the 60s, early 60s. And so there's some infrastructure modifications that would benefit immensely if they were implemented in the Trinity River Division and some of the infrastructure there. All right. Well, when anything like that comes up, you have friends at Epic that are happy to go to bat with you. So let us know. Amber, I, I think that you have our last question for this interview. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to kind of say what you just said, Tom, but we do have a large base of people who take action through our action alerts. And so if there's a specific comment period or you need to have your voices amplified or have additional people take a call to action, we have that available and we usually get up to a thousand or so people to be able to comment on any specific project. And if you want us to send out an action alert, just feel free to reach out at any time. And we'd be glad to kind of rally up people. We've done that in the past when it had to do with asking for water for preventative flows to avoid fish kills and during the hot summer months and tried to help as much as possible with amplifying your voice. Sounds good. All right. Well, we are at time. I'd like to thank Chairman Joe Davis and Mike Orcutt of the Hoopa Valley Tribe, thank you so much for joining us here on the Eco News Report. And thank you for your work to defend the Trinity River. Thank you, thank Mr. You. Wheeler and Amber. We look forward to working with you folks going forward. Wonderful. Bye, friends. Take care. All right. See you later. 
All right. This has been another episode of the Eco News Report. Join us again next week on this time and channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.